everybody. Welcome to Listen Money Matters. Shut up and take my money. My name is Matt, and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking? Good, Matt. Super early. I'm still on Super my- early. I, yeah. I can complain about it being early, but it is only nine. That's true. That's true. We're, Most we're people little, are up at like four. We're kind of pampered. But uh, I just have my, my uh, magic bullet smoothie uh, since we're getting here so early. Um, I'm on my smoothie. No right. beers right now. I have no beer. I have uh, a bottle of water here. I have no food in me. I haven't had food in like uh, a full 24 hours at this point. Uh, so we'll really? see. Yeah, really. I didn't eat. I ate yesterday at like 10 a.m. What were you doing yesterday? That was so important that you didn't I, eat. I don't know. I just didn't eat. Sometimes I just don't eat. <laughs> Sometimes it just slips my mind. I don't know how that happened. I also, well, I did have coffee at night and I went to bed pretty early. So, eh, you know, it is what it is. So I'm like running on fumes here, but that's okay. And that actually may, <laughs> may, that actually may be appropriate. Right. So, uh, real quick, our catchphrase is shut up and take my money. That was said by Philip Dr- J. Fry. Andrew, that's something you watch, I think, right? Futurama. Futurama, right? Mm. Uh, and that was sent into us by at C to the P. Which is spelled S E E to the P E E. Don't know what it means, but that's the Twitter handle. And you can send them in via Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at Money Matters Man. And today we have a guest on the show. And I'm really actually I'm excited to talk to this guy because uh, I've been reading a lot about him, and I really want to meet him in person. And I and I haven't eaten for a while, and I really want to talk about. What he's done, he's actually traveled across America without any money, like completely broke in a good way. So uh, we have Rob Greenfield from robgreenfield.tv. Rob, how are you this morning? Good morning. I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. I imagine. I have a question for you. Okay. Uh, To people who ask you what it is you do for a living – or what your title is in life, what do you tell them? I would say my title is adventurer or environmental activist, and what I do for a living is just uh, create as much health and happiness as I can in America and around the world. So you don't technically, like, the, the world is your job. Yeah, my job is to make the earth a happier, healthier place, to, to teach people to cause less destruction with their lives, to uh, inspire people to live a little bit more in their means, a little more simply, and uh, just to to make this place a little more enjoyable to live. And uh, you recently uh, traveled across America, right, for free? Yeah. Well, so that so I just got to New York City about a week ago. I biked here from San Diego. This is my second summer in a row uh, biking across the country. And this time, I actually left San Diego with $2,000 cash in my pocket. No credit card, no checkbook. Mm-hmm. Um, and I arrived in Madison, Wisconsin about halfway through the trip. And at that time, I had $421 left. And at that point, I decided I wanted to travel moneyless uh, to, to prove to myself that I could do it in America, to, to show how much we waste in this society and that I can basically live off of America's waste in a happy, healthy manner. So I donated the last $421 I had to a nonprofit 
And then from Madison, Wisconsin to New York City, which took about seven weeks, I lived a moneyless life. Uh, well, okay. So you, you had a bike. Yeah. So I just wanted to know what other things you had with you. Okay. Well, I have a bike and it's got uh, paneers on the side. So I carry, I carry some stuff, not a whole lot, maybe five shirts, a couple pairs of shorts, a solar panel to charge my cell phone, which I have, um, my laptop. And then mm, I carry a plate and a bowl. Um, I, there's some other things. I have a hat. Right. I can't, I can't think of them, but there's not a, <laughs> not a whole lot. I carry seeds. I plant seeds, uh, wildflower seeds around the country. Oh. Um, a, a water, a reusable water bottle. Um, I'm sure there's some other things. A, a light, but not, not a whole lot I can think of right, right. now. So uh, I, I read your article where kind of detailed your your entire. Uh, how to live and, and travel America for free. And at the beginning of the article, you said that when you were younger in college, you're like, my goal is to be a millionaire. And uh, most people be like, yeah, that, that's like a really good goal. Like, go for it. You know, you're on the right track. Now, now you're like as far to the other side as possible. And I'm curious, like, what happened that made, this, made you make this drastic, you know, mind change? Well, about three and a half years ago, I, I really started to pay attention to my actions and how they affect myself, how they affect the earth, how they affect people near and far, and how, how they affect animals. And so I started to watch a lot of documentaries and read a lot of books and learn about everything. I, I learned about things like food and water and energy, transportation, uh, waste, the things that we as humans, whether in America or anywhere in the world, we deal with every single day. And um, so I learned, you know, where does gasoline come from? How does it affect people in other countries? Where does my electricity come from? How does my water get from the source to my sink? And what do they do to it after it uh, goes down the drain? And so I learned all of these things and, and I learned that I was causing a lot of destruction just by being alive. But I I learned that you don't have to cause destruction to be alive. There was a time when this wasn't the case. The thing is that all of our resources have been monetized um, because there's companies that want to make profit off of everything, food, water, mm-hmm. energy, our transportation, our, our waste. There's somebody making money off of every one of our actions. And now I, I think money can be used in a very positive manner. But but what I found, to put simply, is that typically money causes destruction and it outsources our burden and allows us to take actions that would not normally be so easy, that would take our energy and our time. But now that we, don't, now that we can just throw money at every situation, it allows us to overconsume, it allows us to consume without thinking, and this allows our lives to cause far more destruction than would be possible without money. For example, here in America, uh, we have 2% of the world's population, yet we use 25% of the world's resources. So that statistic is pretty mind-blowing and goes to show how much we are consuming here in America without realizing it at all. 
do you think? I mean, okay. So here, here's the thing. I, I'm I'm imagining this this drastic change that you made, and I mean, obviously you're you're at the other end of the change, but I could only imagine it being like the most difficult thing ever. Basically, weaning yourself off of all things. How how did you do it? How long did it take you? key was to start slow, take it one step at a time, and never beat yourself down for not being where you want to be yet. So the thing is, I realized that I grew up in a society that taught uh, consumption and, and taught me to, to want these things, like a huge house and a fancy car. So, uh, and that's what I, that is what I wanted. Well, actually, I don't think I ever wanted a house because I, I did want to be a millionaire, but I didn't want to be tied down still. You wanted to, you travel. Wanted to travel. I wanted to travel. That was the reason that I wanted to be a millionaire. I wanted to travel, see the world, and do awesome things, and also uh, do a lot of things to help with environmental and social issues. Um, so the key was that just taking it one step at a time, what I did is I... I made this long list of the things that I wanted to change. And they, a lot of it was simple things like starting the, you know, reuse, use only reusable bags or uh, get a water purifier on my faucet so that no one in the house would have have reusable bottles or plastic bottles. Or, um, you know, a big thing is that I sold my car and bought a nice bike and started to ride, ride that. Other thing was like starting to shop local and not go to Walmart anymore. And so some of them were really easy and some of them I could be very excited about. And so I started with things that were easy and got me excited. And then I progressed from there and I found that it's a slippery slope falling into this very sustainable lifestyle. A slippery slope in a good way, but basically the more I moved down that slope, the more I just kind of slipped into this way of living and so it actually wasn't that hard. And at the same time, uh, watching these documentaries and, and reading these books, it was exciting to, to implement the new information that I had. And it felt good to, to, be, to do this because the other thing about living this way is it also kind of automatically makes you more healthy because, for example, I, don't, I, I live a life where I don't create trash. And by doing that, I only eat uh, unpackaged, unprocessed foods, um, and I, I don't eat much in the way of animals' products anymore, which means I, you know, I basically eat a vegetarian diet, which means, you know, I lost weight that I was carrying without having to exercise, and, and I ride my bike rather than drive, which means I get my exercise just m getting around town, and so it actually turned out to be really easy, uh, really fun, and uh, my body and my mind had never felt better before. Rob, Rob. I, I think what you're doing is incredibly difficult, definitely inspiring. Um, and I want to ask you a question. Uh, the, the people in your life, not to say that they're bad people, but I'm sure when you're doing this transition, I'm, I'm sure they were not very supportive because it's like a very dramatic, drastic change from what we're all used to. How did you handle that? I mean, I mean, or were they supportive? You know, how did that all work out for you? Well, the thing is, that a long time ago, I realized every life is unique. There's seven billion humans on this earth, and we're all unique. We're all going to do things our own way. Even people who seem very similar can have 
conflicts on things. You know, they might be 90% the same, but it's that 10% that they focus on where that causes conflictions. But the thing is, I don't think anybody is right or wrong. I don't think anything I'm doing is right and someone who still wants to be a millionaire is wrong. And I always, always remember if at one time I was doing something that someone else is doing now, I can't pass judgment onto somebody. So because I, I live a non-judgmental lifestyle and a person, and that, that tends to mean that less people judge me um, because they reflect what they feel and see. So as far as my family, I mean, they're stoked. Uh, most of my friends and family are stoked to see like, well, dude, is actually he actually cares and he's actually doing something to earth because some most people want to but so many people are be their job or uh you know upkeeping their house or all their chores or whatever a lot of people are stuck in that and so for them it's like liberating to see someone who is liberating themselves and so um, the, the only people that I really get any grief from are people online who don't really know me. Anybody who really <laughs> knows me, the people who really know me and have spent time with me don't have any problems with me and they, they, they enjoy me. So it's the internet trolls. It's the trolls. It's the people who just make assumptions that they, they see like, cause I do a lot of crazy things to get attention. Um, because when the attention is on me, I'm able to get people to learn about social and environmental issues. So for example, I've been in 800 dumpsters across America. And wow, <laughs> this is yeah, to raise yeah. awareness about food waste. So, so I'm taking a stab at myself sometimes because people sometimes are just like, oh, that's a dirty dumpster, dude. Um, and so they just are like, oh, this is just some uh, like vagrant dude who's digging out of dumpsters, they make these crazy assumptions. And that's because, you know, psychologically, our brain is programmed to do that. We, we, we see something maybe once, maybe twice, and our brain takes that in and, and relays that experience in the future. That's our way of protecting ourselves. And so that's what they saw in the, future, in the past. And so that's what they reflect on to me. And uh, the thing is, I've realized that that's the way that the brain works. So I don't have to, I don't worry about it. Yeah, I want to talk about this food waste uh, dumpster diving thing because that's the first thing someone told me about you. I was immediately intrigued by it. Uh, I have been telling other people that I was going to talk to you, and they weren't so intrigued by it. <laughs> uh, so explain to me. I mean, I read the article, I, I, I know what you're doing, I admire what you're doing. I think food waste is a big you know, problem, and there's a lot of waste in this country, we, we you know, it's, it bothers me, uh, you know, too, but what made you start the food, I mean, was it out of necessity that you went dumpster diving while you were traveling for free across the country, and then it turned into some sort of activism type of thing, or was it the other way around, or just how did it begin? Well, it was an activism thing, and it was a forced necessity, so what I do in order to throw myself into the environmental and social cause that I causes that I'm working on is I force myself to have to be a part of that cause. So for example, with food waste, last year I biked across America and the rule was that, you know, when learning about food, 
I, I had two options with food. I could only eat locally grown, organic, unpackaged food. So we're talking straight from the farm or the farmer's market. Um, or I could eat food that was going to waste. So that meant dumpster diving. And so I had never been dumpster diving before. I was extremely embarrassed. I was apprehensive. I was nervous. And most importantly, I didn't want to have anybody see me doing it. Mm-hmm. So the first time I did it, I don't remember what uh, exactly I got. But I definitely was looking around and making sure nobody saw me. And then to sum it up on that trip, a lot of the times I couldn't find that local organic food because there's food deserts all across America where this type of food just doesn't exist. And so on that trip, 70% of my diet or the tune of about 280 pounds of food came out of the dumpsters over about um, three and a half months. So I was eating three pounds of dumpster food a day. <laughs> and, but the crazy thing was that I, what I started to find was that all across America, I was opening up dumpsters that were filled to the brim with perfectly good food. I'm talking about dumpsters with thousands and thousands of dollars worth of food that you would never, ever guess was from the dumpster. And time and time again, when I show people this stuff, their response is, why is this in the dumpster? Because right, right. this, this stuff is immaculate. It's, it's such good food. So, um, so in my normal life at home, I actually don't really dumpster dive I ha- because I, I just buy food from the farmer's market or from the co-op. But then what I did on this trip is halfway across the country, at the same time that I donated all of my money to the nonprofit, I announced that I would only eat food from dumpsters all the way from Wisconsin to New York City to raise awareness about food waste. And, you know, to a certain extent, since I gave away all my money, eating from dumpsters was a necessity, but it was a forced necessity uh, to, to put myself into really having to learn about food waste. And, and basically what I found was, that, again, seven weeks of biking across America – Unlike you, I was actually not ever hungry, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and the stuff is just. Uh, to give you an example, one day I drank a hundred dollars worth of juice from Whole Foods, sealed bottles. The, they were not even past the suggested sell-by date, and this is a typical day. I, I've eaten, I've re- I recovered twelve thousand dollars worth of food from dumpsters today or this summer. I own, I ate a little bit of that, but most of it I gave away. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Uh, you know, when you you gotta can you clarify what type of dumpsters you're diving into? Because you know, you mentioned Whole Foods, and to me, that seems like oh, it's not like a, a restaurant, and there's used plates, and like you see on TV, and you know, guys are coming out of the dumpsters with spaghetti on their head. There's <laughs> you're you're actually coming out with packaged food. Yeah. So I only go to because the purpose is this campaign I'm working on. It's donate not dump. That's the hashtag. Mm-hmm. And what I'm doing is I'm urging grocery stores to stop throwing away perfectly good food and start donating it to nonprofits, which are like food rescue programs, food banks, food shelves, the places that will distribute this food to people in need. Because um, one in seven Americans is food insecure, and the deal is that. The 50 million Americans are food insecure. There's 317 million Americans, and we produce enough food to feed 500 to 600 million Americans. So there's no shortage of food in, in this country whatsoever. And the thing is, it's not that these people are lazy. A lot of them 
millions of them are children, and then on the other side, millions and millions of them are elders, elders that don't have the ability to work, and children who obviously shouldn't have to work. They they should be at school. Mm-hmm. And um, So what I'm doing is I'm showing that these grocery stores, and that's the only place that I dumpster dive is grocery stores because I want fresh food from right off the shelves because the deal is when grocery stores throw away food, there's not a staging area. They take it off of the shelf and they go directly to the dumpster with it. So a lot of the times it's still cold, even frozen. I've eaten still frozen ice cream out of the dumpsters really? many times. I've gotten frozen one time at a, uh, at a CVS dumpster in Chicago. I got 104 still frozen pizzas out of one dumpster. And the suggested sell-by date was June of 2015. That's like eight months away. Yeah, that pizza never goes bad. That pizza was not bad. It, it was boggling that it was in the dumpster. But this is what's happening in every city across America every day. And that's what I've been finding. Because what I'm doing is I'm hosting these food waste fiascos where I spend a night in your city collecting as much food as I can fit into a car uh, from dumpsters. And then the next day I set up at a public place to do a food waste fiasco, which is a public demonstration of food waste. And time and time again, people are just blown away. They see all this stuff like boxes of cereal and cookies and apples and oranges and bananas and watermelons and bagged lettuce and uh, organic dried figs and uh, loaves of whole grain bread, bottled water that's not even – it's bottled water. Right. Uh, And and the thing is this is an example of anybody who comes to that – demonstration is like, all right, I get it. We're throwing away too much food. And it's it's the people like that you talk to who haven't seen it in person that might question the sanity of it. But once you're there, then you question the sanity of the American society that's wasteful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's too, I mean, I'm, I'm actually surprised that a lot of um, grocery stores don't donate food. That I didn't know that that was a thing. And I guess, and I, I kind of feel like Whole Foods is letting me down a little bit because I, I like Whole Foods. It's where I shop, and I would assume that they would do something like that. And is it is it something that you're trying to get the grocery stores to maybe think about, or or do you want the people to you know sort of be a grassroots kind of effort? Well, it's both. And, yeah. and so the good news is that a lot of Whole Foods across America do donate their excess food. I would guess that Whole Foods donates millions of pounds of food per year to to nonprofits, but. So there's a lot of grocery stores who don't do it, who actually basically ref- refuse to do it. I think CVS is one that they're they're really behind the game. Like well, they, they're they're assholes. They're they are. That's right. <laughs> um, Whole Foods is great at donating. Trader Joe's does a really good job mm-hmm. of donating. So, but the thing is, a lot of these stores that do donate, still, oh my gosh, their dumpsters are full of perfectly good food. And so. What I need is what I'm. What I'm trying to. I'm getting groceries. The thing is, I'm getting more grocery stores to donate more often, and then beyond that, what they can't donate, I'd like them to compost rather than sending it off to a landfill to mm-hmm. methane gas. They can just compost it and turn that into more food. And so for me, it's a three three tier thing that I'm talking about. First, grocery stores need to handle their inventory better. Um, so that they have less excess in the first place. 
Second, they need to uh, donate what they can to nonprofits. Third is compost. It's reasonable stuff, and any business who um, who cares about people and the planet and not just profit uh, will do that, and more of them are starting to do it. And the good news is thousands of stores across America are already doing it too. Mm-hmm. I have um, I have to. Uh, I don't want to. I'm not going to say a bone to pick because I definitely don't have a bone to pick. Um, but I, when I read your article, the one part that jumped out at me, and I, and I have a feeling that you get a lot of pushback on, is taxes. You do not pay taxes. Well, the truth is that I actually have always paid taxes because I own a business. And so, so actually, I always have paid taxes in the past. But as I continue uh, going into a more moneyless way of living, I think in the future that I, I hope not to pay taxes. And the reason is um, is that I've I've learned that fifty percent of our taxes go to war, mm-hmm. and so by paying taxes, there's no way around it. If you take responsibility for all of your actions, the more taxes you pay, the more responsible you are for death in other countries around the country. And I, it's really hard to to think about that. And most people completely want to ignore it because they don't they don't want that to be the case but it's the truth well it's not that it's not that they can do anything about it i mean you you dodge taxes you don't pay taxes you go to jail well the thing is you can you can start to live a more moneyless lifestyle you can focus your life on the simple things that are free so like for example nature is free the sun the air the water these are things that are available to us all day every day another thing that's free is friendship love like we don't have to spend nearly as much money as we think we do and you know i used to spend money on everything cuz i used to drive everywhere uh, in my car so i spent about $7000 a year on my vehicle for example um so i'm not telling <clears throat> i'm definitely not telling anybody to not uh use money anymore and and what i said actually in my blog is realize it's okay right to not pay taxes, um, and 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 my argument is that you know some would argue that if you're not spending money and you're not paying taxes, that you're mooching from public systems like roads, parks, and libraries. And my argument is that you can be a contributing member to society in other ways than paying taxes. For example, if you use the library, volunteer at it as well to to put your time in. If you use public parks. Clean up some trash and make the place better. If you're going to use public black bathrooms, leave them cleaner than you found them. And also realize that it's not all a, uh, this isn't, nothing is linear in this country or in this world. Everything is deeply connected. So it's important to realize that reciprocation does not have to occur on a direct give and take basis. Uh, like, for example, a man could dedicate his life and spend all of his money, millions of dollars, on creating a safe highway infrastructure. Let's say he puts all of his money into that. But does that mean he doesn't deserve to use all the other things that taxes are part of, like public parks, the library, the sidewalk? I say, of course not. Of course he he deserves that. So it's, it's the same with, like, let's take a teacher, for example. They dedicate their life to raising our children. 
and they don't make much money. Like maybe they make twenty thousand dollars a year, so they don't pay much taxes, and they maybe they need to use maybe they need to use some governmental assistance because they've literally dedicated their life to to raising our children. In doing so, they're keeping children out of crime. They're keeping children off the streets. These are things that all save taxpayers money by investing in our future, uh, by educating children and and uh, another thing, so so that's the point, is that um, there's other ways to contribute to society that, than paying taxes, and people who don't pay taxes aren't necessarily mooching off of the system. Some of them are mooching off the system. I'm not standing up for everybody right, who doesn't right. pay taxes, but what I'm saying is it's possible to be an outstanding citizen without paying taxes. Uh, you mentioned earlier that you you know, to kind of get you down this path, you were reading a lot of books and documentaries. Can you uh, enlighten us into what those documentaries and books were? You know, I don't, uh, I don't remember a lot of the things that I do. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But let's see, I did actually write down a lot of the documentaries that I watched and I saved them in Evernote. Perfect. And let me look that up real quick. I know one that was very influential was Food Inc. That yeah. really taught me that again, it's like, oh man, I'm eating this meat at the store and it means that I'm I had to take direct responsibility for that. If I'm buying food that is being farmed in a factory, I'm responsible for a little sliver of that factory being in existence and I'm responsible for the suffering of that animal. And even furthermore, what I've learned lately is that we throw away a substantial amount of the animals that we raise. So to a large extent, we're, we're killing all these animals to throw them into our dumpsters. And that, to me, is that's, that's not cool. No, that's not cool. I agree. And, and not only that, but the amount of uh, like energy that's required to, to manufacture these, this meat is insane. It's like, uh, you know, they, what, do they, what do they say? Like eating a hamburger is like driving a Hummer. And it's actually not that far off, and that's what the kind of the movie uh, goes into. Which I, I mean, I really do like that movie. I, that is the movie where they show like a silent fifteen minutes of a cow getting slaughtered, right? Uh, I don't remember. All right, because there is a pretty brutal. <laughs> that scene. sounds terrible. Yeah, there's a pretty brutal scene at the end where they just like it, there's no music, and they just show the process of a cow going through a slaughterhouse, and um, yeah, it's a so- great movie. I mean, like the it's actually super informative. And it's not all like that, but I, th- I believe there is one scene like that, and it's a powerful scene, not going to lie. Very, and the thing is, like, a lot of people want to – I have very intelligent friends who, who I have these conversations with, and they, 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 they tell me that, yeah, I avoid that stuff because I want to be able to continue to rationalize my lifestyle, and I don't want to give up these things, so I need to stay somewhat uh, – I need to stay removed from it so that I don't feel guilty all the time. Yeah. And these are intelligent people saying this. Obviously, you have to be intelligent to, to, to understand your psychology that well. Right. So some other ones, Earthlings was, that one was a, that one is a really, I, I, like my notes here is that I wrote down, I don't support their way of raising, killing meat. If I'm going to eat meat, let it either be wild or raised correctly and killed correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the quotes from there is, if we had to kill our own meat, we would all be vegetarians. 
obviously that's not true. There's plenty of hunters out there, yeah. but I think a lot more people would be vegetarians. Um, let's see, this is another quote. A change is inevitable. Either we make it ourselves or we will be forced to make it by nature itself. The time has come for each of us to reconsider our eating habits, our traditions, our, our styles and fashions, and above all, our thinking. Um, so Earthlings is a big one. I'd highly recommend that if you can make it through it because it is, it is a bit, uh, it's, one of the, it's probably more challenging to watch than, um, than Food Inc. Another one that was awesome is What the Bleep Do We Know? This is the title exactly, like, what the heck do we know, actually? It's about quantum physics, and I've learned that everything is just a matter of perspective. Our brains have been wired to perceive and react in a certain way from previous experiences, so what is reality? I highly recommend getting into that. That sounds cool. It's really cool. Uh, the Story of Stuff, which is actually some shorter ones, this teaches... Um, where things come from, from extraction to production to distribution to consumption to disposal. It, it's really mind-opening. You learn where that $5 radio, like who worked to put that there, what yeah. the – it's like it's pretty mind-blowing. So the story of stuff, that's on YouTube. Um, another one was The World According to Monsanto. Oh. Highly recommend that. Uh so those are a couple, and then the the books, you know, I don't really remember what books I read, but I know one thing that I started to read was a lot about nutrition, just learning how, when I put food into my body, how it works and, and what, it, what it does. So I highly recommend some actually just very simple books about, about your body, about nutrition, because our body is our most important thing. It's the only thing that we have to live with until the day we die. So I, I learned that I had to really start uh, treating my body with respect by reading some books about nutrition. Yeah, I always said like health is more important than wealth. I completely agree with that. And the thing is wealth can be a very important part of having health. Sure. So like although I'm, I live – although I practice living without money – Again, I, I don't think that I don't think that you need to live a life without money. I think you need to do it in balance and use it in ethical ways. And uh, and money can definitely help with health. Mm -hmm. And I mean, uh, currently, if we're on that, uh, two books that I'm reading right now are Grain Brain and Mindless Eating. And uh, Grain Brain's more nutritional, based on in in like how. What grain goes in your body and how it works, and mindless eating is about you know how we <laughs> in America uh, mindless mindlessly eat. Yeah. Uh, so far, so good. It's it's a lot of uh, experiments that I think are pretty cool in there. So, um, yeah. So, what's next for Rob? What are you What are you up to next? Um. Well, I'm actually going to London tonight. Oh, really? Uh, I just did. You biking there? No. <laughs> I'll be writing a blog about how I'm rationalized flying because flying does go against. Yep. I mean. See, the, the deal is that my, my mission is to influence as much change as I can in America, in America and around the world. And the thing is, I know that to, to change the system, you have to be a part of the system. I can't just go live off the grid in the woods and have the positive influence that, I, that, I, that I'd like to. Um, so 
I'm re- I'm going to write a blog tonight, which will be on my website uh, about how how I'm offsetting my flight. Although I don't think you can truly offset it, and how I'm going to use this option opportunity to have a positive change. Anyway, the reason I'm going there is I just did a TV show with Discovery. Uh, it's called Tether. It's a survival show. I got dropped in the swamps of Louisiana for a week and a half, and then they dropped a, my partner there, who is a complete stranger, tethered us together by a six-foot rope, and had to survive in the bayous together. Wow. And, uh, it's it's kind of stupid. <laughs> I'll admit it. Okay. But, okay. but, it, but it also, the purpose was I, I wanted to use it as a platform to to raise awareness about some issues. The, the episode will be out October 19th on Discovery at 9 or 10 p.m. So anyway, I'm going there for a, a press uh, press junket, I guess mm-hmm. what they call it. And then, uh, and then I'm going back to California for a food waste forum after that. And that's they're calling it the, Woods, the Woodstock of food waste. The, the people who are putting it together are bringing together all the big players in food waste and are they're pretty sure that there's going to be some big changes uh, in food waste, and this is going to be a big part of it. And then once I get back to San Diego, I'm actually moving out of my apartment that I've had for three and a half months or three and a half years, and I'm going to build myself a very tiny, tiny home. Nice. All, all out of trash, all out of stuff that <laughs> people threw in the alley. And, uh, I'm going to build a rocket stove, cook off the grid, have solar panels on the roof, have rainwater collection. It's going to be a very small home, just big enough for two, like me and a lady, basically. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited about that. And then just continue to do a different, you know, I'm always coming up with different environmental campaigns to get people to, to think about their life. Good Lord. Well, man, congratulations on everything. Thanks. It's and, a lot. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and thanks for being on the show. Seriously. Uh, what do you? Uh, it's robgreenfield.tv is your website, and people yeah. can follow you there, right? Yeah, and then also uh, Facebook. It's facebook.com/slash robjgreenfield. Twitter handle and Instagram are robjgreenfield, and then YouTube got some good videos on there, and that's youtube.com/slash robjgreenfield. But most importantly, just you know, continue living your life and go out there and every day try to try to. Be a good flu- influence on the people around you and smile a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to wrap it up. Thanks, Rob. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, and listen, guys, if you have questions, you can email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. And if you liked the show, I, said, I don't know why I said that cam. Like I'm uh, Boston <laughs> or whatever. But uh, if you guys like the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever podcasting app that you listen to. Uh, just hit the subscribe button. That way you get our episode downloaded to your device every single day because we do an episode every day also if you like the show even more you can leave a review and i'm going to read a real quick review uh from (laughs) from wizard sleeve 808 i'm sorry wizard sleeves there are multiple sleeves in this person's name um and if you don't know what a wizard sleeve is google it Awesome O Podcast, five stars. Listen, Money Matters is one of the most inspirational, educational, and entertaining podcasts available. Anytime I feel as though I'm losing focus with my financial goals, I just turn it. I just turn on this podcast and I am refocused. The interaction between the two hosts is always entertaining, and any questions or thoughts I have about personal finance is covered. A fan forever. Thank you, Wizard Sleeves eight hundred eight. Appreciate that review. It was very, very nice of you. And if you guys. 
want to learn more about personal finance, please go to listenmoneymatters.com. And all of the things that we talk about on the show are listed in our toolbox, which you can find at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. So that's it. Thanks again for hanging out with us. And of course, we look forward to the next episode. So later. Later, man. Please tell your friends about this show. 